0: This is DJ Star Sage and you're about to join me for a fool's errand. Ma. No, I'm not rebranding the show. I just thought that I would start things a little differently as I've been doing this for a couple of years now and I thought it would be nice to have a change of pace. What have you been up to? And What have you been doing? Did you have fun on your days off? Did you have days off? Just another way of putting the same question. Well, sit down for a moment and uh, I will clue you in as to how my weekend went. So, hubby worked on Saturday. He had a Late day at Grace Brothers, and I settled in for a day of chores. Now, this weekend would have been fraught with adventure. Well, in theory, as I was getting excited... Dirty. Not that way. Uh... (laughs) for a little bit of travel, although it was just a a pipe dream, a a flight, a fancy... fantasy. You see, next year at this time, we'll be going down to the Baltimore area to meet up with a friend from abroad to attend a Doctor Who-themed sci-fi convention. And sadly, This year's installment of Regeneration Who was canceled due to the upheaval in the local economy of merry old England. If you've been in a box, if you've not been paying attention to affairs of late, the United Kingdom has set their calendars to exit, to secede from the European Union, which it's been a part of since the 80s. Think of it like being a union of states, like the United States. The European Union is a cooperation between nations to use the same monetary unit. And, you know, it's uh, all sorts of uh, economical stuff and political stuff therein. But anyways, the folks of the United Kingdom or at least parts of its government has been in the thoughts for a couple of years now that they might be better off if they were to go back to being independent. And... This last weekend was one of the deadlines for that to actually go into motion, and I won't get into the details, but basically it's been put off many times, and their leadership's in turmoil, resulting in the cancellation of several of the British talents who were guests scheduled for Regeneration Who. So we weren't really planning on going, but the event was canceled, and I'm just a little saddened because there were folks who live in that neck of the woods who probably were anticipating this event, as well as several of the guests, including sci-fi author Peter David who I believe is a Maryland resident who had already made plans to be there and was apparently going to try to coordinate some sort of get-together effort for those who did show up. Because nonetheless, some people probably booked vacation and somebody probably got a hotel room. I know I had vacation time, which... Coincidentally, I forgot to cancel, or maybe not so coincidentally. I think I was just subconsciously needing another long weekend. Why not? I've, I've been at the candy shop long enough, and I have a fair enough amount of peers who like to take long weekends or those who live in town, actually, uh, in Oslo, will duck out early, supposedly to visit ye old neighborhood watering hole. I can't be sure of this. It's just on uh, hearsay, perhaps, or maybe not. (laughs) But I enjoyed a day to myself yesterday. I got my long weekend weekend. And uh, I made good from the windfall, as those folks in uh, the number crunching department might tell you. I did enjoy a little bit of relaxation, but I also got a few household chores under my belt. And uh, this allowed me to enjoy a more relaxing day beforehand with Hubby. We had our Semi monthly Sunday off, and we left the house and ran our errands and met up with friends for lunch. We had a lovely brunch at an Indian restaurant with my peer, who I've called Elise. She and her long-term girlfriend met up with us, and we had a lovely Indian lunch buffet. I had some sort of a curry chicken dish, and there were some fried vegetable dumplings, and then when it came to the dessert, I did a little exploring. I wasn't quite sure what some of the items were. Now, I'm no stranger to Thai or Indian food, for that matter, but I tend to recall more of the basics of a dish, like if it had a sauce or if it had rice versus remembering the name. Because even if you dine in the same culture, sometimes restaurants will call it something different because it might be grandma's recipe. You never know. One of the dessert items that I enjoyed resembled a dumpling and it had a chilled sauce to it that sort of resembled melted ice cream and the dish described itself as being like a crustless Cheesecake. It was quite tasty. The uh, little helpings were probably no bigger than the size of a of a tortellini or a spoonful, and uh, the sauce resembled something that you might have expected to be dill because it had little specks in it, which were probably seasoning. I wouldn't be surprised if it might have been pistachio in nature. Although, those things tend to be artificially colored to suggest the flavor. I'm not sure why pistachio ice cream and pudding is light green in color. But, pistachio is one of the things that I enjoy. And on Monday, at home by myself... I crossed a few things off of my to-do list, which, as I put to a co-worker, was more akin to taking a snowplow to our guest room. (laughs) Hubby and I bought a four-bedroom house so many years ago now, with the intention of turning the adjoining bedroom to ours into a extension, a walk-in closet a wardrobe if you will kind of the sort of thing you might see in a, a higher end department store with nice drawers to have sorting and uh, as I recently watched the Netflix series by the Asian host Marie Kondo or Kondu I think it's called Tidying Up. It's a show with subtitles, and you've probably heard others talk about it. If you don't care for subtitles, you may not enjoy it. The host is an expert in organizing. However, she is of Japanese descent and has an interpreter for the English language. Anyways... She teaches a number of things, and her process she calls the KonMari method, which I think is just a uh, a phrasing for with Mari, her name. And uh, it's a fun little show. It's it's actually not very long. I think it's less than ten episodes. But the idea is, it gives you a different way to think about your horde, your mess your your life as it were, and it breaks it down into categories. Now I haven't gone through the entire uh, Chateau but I did uh, go through some of our empire of clothes as hubbies worked for Grace Brothers, has been in the retail industry um, at least a decade now And so, uh, it helped a bit because, uh, after following her folding method, I seemed to have a little bit more room in the dresser drawers. So I was able to cram a bit more and tuck it away out of sight, out of mind, and, um, made a little bit more room to walk around in there. And lastly, just wanted to mention that, uh, we have recently been the victors, the the winner of the spoils of war, as it were, perhaps, uh, with a few movie copies. Now, as I've mentioned, Hubby has upgraded our home theater system, the Freddie Memorial Theater, to include 3D technology, the latest and greatest And uh, it's just a little mystifying to think that while 4K television is on the cutting edge, people are not investing. People are buying these 4K televisions without even researching the content that's available. Now, if you are a true audiophile, for example, if you really love your music and maybe you have a favorite band like the Beatles or the Who or, you know, one of those 60s bands and maybe you've gotten into vinyl you know records because they, hey, they have heart and uh, you want to be able to play them. Well, you want to have the proper equipment. What in the world is the sense of buying a 4K television if you're just going to be playing standard definition content what I mean by that is it would have, it would seem that DVDs are the most popular item being sold in your electronics departments these days. And uh, when you go to look for the higher end content like 4K and Blu-ray, they are so much more pricey. So people aren't buying them. Well, That's causing the industry to suffer in that if you want Blu-ray, good luck. That format is disappearing. Samsung has announced that they're no longer going to make a Blu-ray player. That means you'll have to get on board with 4K. Honestly, folks, it's like playing a VHS tape. On your flat screen, unless you're getting Blu-ray or 4K, and if you are a audiophile, if you like your home sound system, and you've got the best technology, maybe it's not uh, you know what you spent your bonus on, but you're buying it secondhand, like hubby. Well, if you have any of the newer sound standards in your home, which is Dolby Atmos or that means seven speakers including two on the ceiling well you don't get that unless you shell out the extra cash to get the 4k discs because they're not putting the atmos profile for sound on the blu-ray copies anymore they're only putting it on the 4k and now you're looking at 30 40 dollars a title and newsflash you can't get this on netflix or amazon you only get 5.2, which is a standard from the 90s. It is so frustrating. All right, folks, hang tight for the second half of this program. And here we are in the latter part of the week. Speaking of 3D, the other day, Hubby and I picked up a copy of the 75th anniversary of the Wizard of Oz. And this was a boxed set available at your finer Marts. If you look online, you could probably find it. But, um, unannounced? Un. Uh, un- uh, well, it passed me over. <laughs> Apparently, this is something that Hubby had taken notice of during our passings through and had pointed it out. But it hadn't occurred to me that this would be disappearing from the shelves shortly as it was a a limited release. And you know, when things like that don't sell, they tend to leave the shelves so when I decided when hubby pointed out that a, a rarely seeny sort of sought-after documentary-ish film was on the collection for that 75th anniversary of The Wizard of Oz, I was very interested in tracking down a copy. Because not only did it have a nice Blu-ray copy of the film, but it also had a 3D version, which Hubby and I have recently added the equipment, the technology to our home theater. And the short film, the documentary that I'm speaking of, was a 90s film, John... For television, starring John Ritter, the sitcom actor of the 80s who had been previously in shows like Three's Company and Three's a Crowd, and then was in uh, Eight Simple Rules, which started with the title of Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Daughter. Two seasons in, Mr. Ritter passed away unexpectedly after being diagnosed with a heart condition and uh, the show continued on for another season or so and they brought on board James Garner from I think it was the Rockford Files originally was the showing he was known for but that being neither here nor there as the Duchess would say This film was called The Dreamer of Oz and it was about the author who created the story of The Wizard of Oz. Now, did you know that The Wizard of Oz was only one of a series of 14 books written by L. Frank Baum who was the creator of the Wizard of Oz series he was a man who started his life in the great state of New York and uh, after meeting the future missus they took their family across the country a couple of different places including the Dakotas and then uh, I think Kansas during his travels and then finally out to California But uh, this 75th anniversary box set of The Wizard of Oz included The Dreamer of Oz, the 90s TV film with John Ritter, And it was quite a delightful program. The show starts off with the older, widowed Mrs. Baum attending the premiere of The Wizard of Oz in 1939. And she's approached by a journalist, a young up-and-coming journalist, and asked to step aside and have a seat to speak with him because while the rest of the press corps that was there were excited about the arrivals, Of the screen talents that were in the film at this premiere. This young journalist was more interested in the widow of the author who wrote the Oz series of books. And ironically, it's historically uh, stated that Mr. Baum himself had a heart condition and some 13 years after that film John Ritter passed away unexpectedly so uh, if you have the opportunity, pick up the 75th Anniversary edition copy of The Wizard of Oz with the film Dreamer of Oz which you have to hunt for because the discs weren't labeled very well and it's in the menu for the extras. Talk about a treasure hunt. Uh, let's see, aside from the Wizard of Oz, Hubby's been putting in long hours at Grace Brothers, and we are looking forward to some household projects that we may try to tackle in the near future here. Getting ready for warmer weather and getting the house through its spring cleaning stages. We're hoping to rig together something of a makeshift patio soon where we could hopefully entertain some guests. And uh, in the last year, we managed to pick up a rather nice telescope at the thrift store. So who knows before it becomes summer, or perhaps this summer, we'll have occasion to sit out in the Great Back uh, 40. <laughs> of Chateau Starsage and take in the view you may be hearing in the background some of the soundtrack of the next program we're going to be discussing on Matinee Minutia and uh, as I make this episode available to you the live show shall be the next day Currently, it is Thursday, and we record twice a month on Fridays, the first and third Friday of each month, at 9 p.m. Eastern, over on Univaz. And we are going to be talking about, as I mentioned, Ripper Street. Very interesting time, the Victorian period. We are just a hundred years ago, and it's recent enough that we have a fair idea of of life, what life was like back then, but it's also distant enough that we can look back with wonder and think to ourselves, my, how things have changed. But as they say, the more things change, the more they stay the same, so although you may not get a newspaper anymore, you may not even turn on your television set to hear the news. Day-to-day life was very much similar in those days. You woke up to get ready for work, you had your breakfast and maybe your coffee. Okay, there probably wasn't a toaster, and, uh, you didn't have a timer with an alarm that wouldn't have the coffee ready for you before you got out of bed. <laughs> but you uh, still had to iron your shirt and put on a tie if you had a desk job and okay, well maybe you don't wear a tie these days, but anyways, very much the basics of life were in place in those days. We just simply didn't have the modern conveniences that we take for granted. In Ripper Street, electricity hasn't even been brought to uh, home use yet. In fact, most of the streets have gas lighting, so when it becomes twilight and uh, you're out of doors, the streets are lit with the glow of gas. And a lot of these had pilots on them, like your stove, if maybe you grew up out in the country and you had a gas stove, there were people that were lamp lighters. They were folks that would walk the streets with a tall stick, a pole, and they would have to light those lights so that the streets would have a soft glow. Anyways, as I was mentioning, Ripper Street chronicles the mysteries, the crimes, and the murders that took place in the east end of London in uh, the period of time just shortly after a series of copycat murders that have gone down in history as being... The Jack the Ripper Murders. Um, uh, Ripper Street is a very interesting program. It ran about four or five seasons, and there were many different storylines to follow. You had the, the detective, the head guy on the show there, Mr. Reed, who was a married man who had recently suffered a loss. He and his wife lost their daughter in the year past and at first you're led to believe that she may have drowned or she may have just died from one of the terrible illnesses that existed in those days but if you watch for a bit you soon learn that she simply went missing one day and so some of those first Episodes: the first couple of seasons of Ripper Street are spent with Mr. Reed uh, sort of chasing his theories, trying to track down what may have become of his daughter. Along with Mr. Reed, you have the doctor, Mr. Jackson, who is an American surgeon, and uh, that may or may not be his real name. He, we learn after a bit that he could be running from the law. He might be hiding out under an assumed name. And of course, in those days, it was a lot easier for outlaws to be on the lam, as they say, hiding out taking cover, using an alias, because, of course, we didn't have these standardized forms of identification where you have a chip embedded in your card and you've got a picture with a, a hologram to prove that you haven't forged the document. There's There wasn't the paper trail. And as the series moves forward, you learn about all the struggles of life during the Victorian times. Of course, this was a good 30 years before women received the right to vote in America. Now, this takes place in England, and I think it was just a little earlier there. But if you think about it, if you were a woman, it wouldn't be until your daughter's generation before they had the right to vote. So, Very different times and uh, a lot of interesting stories that make you think about what life was like in those days. Alright folks, I am just headed on home from my workday at the candy shop. I'm looking forward to the weekend, getting a few things done. And I do hope to see you in the chat room on Discord for Matinee Minutia. And uh, as of our next episode, lucky number 13, the video for Matinee Minutia will be available on four different platforms. We are on Facebook Live. If you're on Twitter, you can find us through Periscope. We're on Twitch. If you're into gaming, and we're also on YouTube. So stop by matineeminutia.com at 9 p.m. Eastern. As always, you can email me at djstarsage at gmail.com and you can tweet me on Twitter at djstarsage alright folks happy weekend enjoy some time off get together with friends and breathe a sigh of relief if you're working my thoughts go out to you that's all for now kisses from the carriage bye bye I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting.